You know that I shall not be moved. 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 We like a tree. We like a tree. We planted by the On today's episode, we bring you audio from a recent event in Benham, Kentucky. On March 29th, 
Reverend Dr. William Barber II and Reverend Dr. Liz Theo Harris stopped at the Benham Schoolhouse Inn amidst their national listening tour with the Poor People's Campaign. The Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, is an effort to unite tens of thousands of people across the country in lifting up the need for a moral revival to address systematic racism, poverty, the war economy, and ecological devastation. Inspired by the 50-year-old legacy of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., the Poor People's Campaign is reaching out to communities across the country to listen, learn, and engage on the critical issues that affect us. The campaign is building towards a series of nonviolent direct actions in state capitals around the U.S. this spring and summer. The event in Benham included group discussion around the four themes of the Poor People's Campaign and featured a presentation by Reverend Dr. Barber and Reverend Dr. Theo Harris. The audio you'll hear features their presentation as well as singing by the Mount Sinai Spirituals from Lynch, Kentucky, who performed at the event. First, thank you for allowing us to be in your community and for inviting us because we believe this is what's got to happen in America uh, we believe that all people, red, yellow, black, brown, um, white, uh, straight, gay, young, old, Republican, Democrats, uh, people of faith, people not of faith, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Hindus have got to come together and honestly help this nation see five interlocking injustices that are harming deeply the soul of our democracy. We're not talking about harming just the party. We're talking about that are literally damaging the foundations of our democracy. And they are counter to our moral agenda. We are quite sure that when Jesus gathered the disciples on Monday, Thursday uh, and washed feet, uh, that much of what is being done quote unquote, in the name of God, was not done by Christ. What we have is many who are doing things in the name of God, but they're actually doing it in the, with the pop, that, that, that God is money and cash, and not the Christ who loved the poor, who loved the broken, who loved the, dis, the dis, uh, inherited, dispossessed, and the, those who were made to feel unacceptable. Here's those five areas. Systemic racism, as we're moving around the country, five interlocking injustices. And we'll talk about what the Poor People's Campaign and other is in a moment. Systemic racism. And when we talk about racism, we're not talking about whether someone has a black or white friend. In fact, we know that white nationalism, you can be black and, and be a white nationalist. Because, because racism is about policy. And so we're taking a look at racism through the lens of voter suppression. And uh, we'll talk about that in Kentucky in this second. The second issue is systemic poverty. Not just a few folk being poverty, but a whole system that is keeping people locked in poverty. And people are making decisions that treat people like things and corporations like people. The third one is ecological devastation, where more and more folks want to deregulate companies and all to the point that 
literally people are poisoned at the place they work. And the poorest people get hurt the worst. And we and, and as I often say, we live in a country where today people can buy unleaded gas but can't buy unleaded water. And then the fourth interlocking injustice is the war economy and militarism. Now my father was a veteran, my father was a Navy man. He fought in the war. And my father said anybody who's really ever been in war doesn't like it. And, they, and anybody that just is happy about war, something wrong with them. Uh, uh, he said, something really is wrong. But if you've ever been in war, you'll tell people that. So he went to war, but he came back, and he was always fighting those who wanted to quickly push people into war. He was always concerned about what, what um, Eisenhower actually wanted about a Republican, the military-industrial complex, where every decision of the nation is made where people create all these fears folk gonna get us when we can already blow the world up 45 times. We can do that right now, the United States. We create these fears and in every decision that is made is made based on the military. That is not being anti-military, that is being anti-war economy where you will put more into war than you will into working to help uplift the people of the economy. And history teaches us that every great empire, every great nation, or every big nation did not suffer from outside forces. It, it, it imploded from the inside. And then militarism is where you are warmongering. You just want to find something and take folk to war, right? And we believe that interlocking injustice. And then there's a fifth one that we're concerned about. And we believe that they all connect. And that is this notion of Christian nationalism. Where the, where, the, where the faith is not in Christ and in the and in justice and treating people right, but this kind of Christian nationalism that says if you hate gay people, if you hate um, abortion, and if you want prayer in the school and you believe in guns and you believe in states' rights, that's all God cared about. And that God really doesn't care about health care. Even though Jesus, everywhere he went, set up free health clinics. <laughs> interlocking injustices have created a narrative now in this country where the issues of poverty are not even discussed. Now, I, I believe most of y'all are loving people. I hope y'all ain't going to throw me off this mountain for what I'm getting ready to say, but I'm going to get in your business just a little bit. I understand how hard it is to talk about the bad side. I understand it's hard to say. I don't know how many people in here are actually impacted by poverty. Probably more than you think. Because that's the other thing. We got this idea that poverty is somebody on the street. And that's not... See, in America, they tell you that if you have four children and you make $24,000 a year, you're not poor. That's, that's actually what the pop, the pop, the, it says. If you make 20, I think it's 23,800 and something. If you, for a family of four, they say if you make, if you, if you only have one person, one, one person in your family, and you make $12,000 a year, you're not poor. They don't even count you as poor. Now, most of us in here, when I said that, you said that, that's right. I know it's hard. 
But the Bible says, unless you cry loud. And so I wanted to start with some numbers. Because we're here by invitation. Because the world needs to hear from Harlan County with no excuses. Because we're in a society right now, if you look at TV every night of the week on the news, you'll never hear about poverty. You go to churches and never hear a sermon about poverty, about racism, about the lack of health care. You hear about tweets, emails, and storming, and whoever that other person is. That, that, that becomes the whole conversation. And we're saying there has to be a campaign of poor people, of all the races, colors, creeds, and sexuality, clergy, and advocates who refuse to. That's a, somebody's hurting my sister. And it's gone on far too long. And we won't be silent. Nor will we be embarrassed. So let me just say quickly. Being poor isn't a sin. But poverty is. Systems that keep people. That's the sin. Right. And, and, and so there are some numbers that we have to face in this society. Here they are, real quick. Um, 23 states in this country, including Kentucky, have passed voter suppression laws since 2010. Now, this campaign is also not about Donald Trump. Their issue, Donald Trump is a symptom. And even if there's someone in here that has supported him, that's fine because... A lot of people that did support him now are second guessing. But but I'm not we're not here to talk about Trump. Talk about America. Since 2010, 23 states have passed voter suppression laws. Those laws hurt black people, brown people, and women and students. Kentucky was one of them. We also have done some mapping that shows in every state that passed racialized voter suppression. Those same states had the highest poverty rates, the highest poverty rates among women and children. They had a, they didn't have living wages. They didn't have union protection of unions. So there's a direct connection between racism and poverty. Not racism and black poverty. Racism and poverty. Period. Right. So in America right now, in this country. We've done research in a piece, what's it called? The Souls of Poor Folk. There are, listen to this, 140 million people either in extreme poverty or working poor. I didn't, I didn't say 14 million. Now, there are only about 400 million people in the country. It's 43.5% of this country is living in poverty. In some, form. in some form or no, getting they, they couldn't survive without some form of assistance. That's nearly what 50% of the country. I want to just throw some numbers out there. The majority of those are women, children, and white. Huh. This is stuff we don't we're not talking about. Now, black people have the highest number of poverty as a percentage of their race. Mm -hmm. But
But if you just take the number of people that live below the poverty line, which is 40 and some million, there are 8 million more poor white people in that number than there are black people in raw numbers. And yet, when many politicians want to get people to fight programs to help the poor, they racialize them. And make you think, you see what I'm saying, some Latino or some brown person. Quickly, I'm trying, I'm just these thoughts. Um, 400 families in this country make an average of $97,000 an hour. And you hear what I said? 400 families in this country make $97,000 an hour, and we lock people up who want $15 in a unit. Think about that now. All of 62 the, million of them. 62 million people who make less than $15 We do this all the time. We're going to go back and forth. We, we use each other's brains. And, and every state that's has, has passed racist voter suppression laws are also anti-union. Oh. And the politicians, the majority of the politicians who get offices because of racialized voter suppression and, vote, and voter gerrymandering, they, they, in other words, they get their power, even in this state, through racialized voter suppression and gerrymandering, when they get to office, they use their power in a way that hurts mostly white people. This is not Mostly white people. There are. There Not are, naming names, though. That's right. There are three three people in this country that have more wealth than the bottom. Fifty percent. That's a hundred and some odd million people. We have, even with the Affordable Care Act, we have thirty-seven. Thirty-seven million people who don't have health care insurance. And a state like Kentucky, where the governor, who gets free health care? Think about, just think about that for a moment. You get elected by the people, and then you don't want the people to have what you have. That, you, that the people are paying for. Right? And, and, and for every one million people that are denied health care, 5,800 die. Think about that, the 5,600, which means that there are a lot of people dying in Kentucky, dying in Alabama, North Carolina, and, and, and I, as a group of preachers, we said we're not going to get up there and say God called them home no more. We said anybody that dies white or black or brown in our churches that because of the lack of health care, we're going to ask the families to have open casket funerals like Mamie Teal did with Emmett Teal, and we want the cameras to come and say this is what happened when government cares more about the insurance company than we do about sin. There are four million children exposed to lead in water in America today. This morning they woke up, they were exposed to lead in their water. In America today, right? So um, one, one so-called televangelist, uh, Franklin Graham, was given $10 million to go to every state capital in the last election and basically say that a vote for a particular candidate who now occupied the right was the God vote. Ten million dollars. Now, you say, yeah, but we got it. Ain't no problems in Harlan County, Kentucky. We don't really have no poor folk down here. 
It's an isolated problem, but that's not what the stats say. Now, I don't mean to tell you about your own county, but Justice Harlan, if he was here, you know, the Kentucky justice that was the great dissenter, he would say, I, I, I beg to differ. That was Justice Harlan. This county is listed as one of the 30 poorest. In the entire country. In the entire country. And I come from a Christian faith tradition that if, if Liz is poor, I'm poor. Because my Bible says I'm supposed to love my neighbor. In fact, that's how you honor God, is right. by how you treat your neighbor. Yeah, I don't get I don't, I don't get to 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 say, well, I ain't like like her. There are seven hundred thousand people in Kentucky who live below the poverty line. Now watch this. That is not how many poor people there are in Kentucky. That's the folk that if you make $12,000 and got one person, you're not poor. The, right, the, 12, the people make $12,000, they don't get if you add, If you go to living wages, the number of poor people in Kentucky is nearly 2 million, which is 50% of your total population in Kentucky. Right? And... There are 122 million children, right, children, uh, who are considered poor based on that old formula. In addition to that, in Lexington and around Lex Louisville alone, in Louisville, the big city, big, big yeah. but in, in and around Louisville, and I'm not even talking about out here in the hollows, there are over a quarter million people that make less than a living wage. That's, that means people who work every day, and some of them still have to get food stamps. So we give corporate welfare to the corporation, and we supplement their greed by giving food stamps to the people that work for them, rather than the CEOs making sure that they make a living wage. So, so, so we have to understand poverty, that you can be working and poor, right? In fact, the majority of the people who are poor are working and or disabled. So we're on this poverty tour to listen because all around the country, something has happened. And I want Liz to tell you about what is happening and why it is important that there be a cry from Kentucky because it's like Jesus going on the cross. My, when I, the old preachers used to say, if they had put him on the cross and left him on the ground, so he, he'd have just died. And, and, and wouldn't nobody have known nothing. So, but, they, but, they, but Eva made a mistake. Well, no, Eva didn't make a mistake because it was God's play. And God said, if I'd be lifted up, and every now and then, you need a group of people that don't mind being lifted up. You might be blooded, you might be bruised, you might be broken, you might be poor, you might be without a union, you might be hurting, you might be black, you might be white, white, you might be brown, you might be gay, you might be straight, but you say, if I, if we be lifted up, somebody gonna see this. Because there can't be a resurrection, there can't be any change until we see it. 
The Bible says Jesus exposed evil openly. And for this country to be all it can be, we gotta lift this stuff up and see it. If we don't, we're gonna have a Democratic Party that only talks about the middle class. And a lot of that don't include folk in Harlem County. And, 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 it's, and it's not going to face racism, that neoliberalism that says you just focus on that. And, you know, you don't, and then, boy, then you're going to have a Republican Party only talks about the military. And in the midst of that, those two, two poles, the poor are never going to be heard, never going to be seen, and nothing's never going to be changed. But if we are willing to be lifted up, is tell them what's happening. So we've spent the last months and the last couple of years traveling around and meeting up with, with rooms just like this. A couple weeks ago we were in Lowndes County, Alabama, where people have raw sewage straight piped right into their backyards and the kids and grandkids are playing in it. If that isn't evil, I don't know what is. Before that, we were in Marks, Mississippi, where the mule train to Washington for the 1968 Poor People's Campaign left from. And today, 50 years later, the rural hospital is closed, the grocery store is closed, and people are worse off than even 50 years ago. If I don't, I don't know what's evil if that's not evil. We were in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, where literally 100,000 homes don't have running water. And Nestle comes in and bottles the, the same water that is being cut off of people's faucets in their homes for non-payment because they can't afford the high rates and Nestle, for a dollar a year, can bottle as much of that water as they want and sell it for billions. How much? A dollar a year. They're shutting off people who owe a dollar. Who owe, owe yeah, oh, exactly. And so 100,000 households don't have running water next to one of the largest bodies of fresh water in the world. If that's not evil, we don't have to show that to the world. What do we have to do? We are in a couple of weeks going to Grays Harbor, Washington, where because timber has left, you have some of the highest rates of homelessness amongst white millennials in the nation. You have the highest amount of juvenile incarceration for non-criminal offenses in the nation where young people have no opportunity. They're being forced to leave the communities that their families have lived in for generations. And all across the country, these communities are rising up, are saying we need to come together. We're not going to be pitted against each other anymore. 
We're not going to believe the lies about each other anymore. And we're going to come out of our communities, come across race, come across geography, come across race of age and religion, and build a powerful, nonviolent army of the poor. And moral leaders and clergy are coming forward saying, we have been silent around the real moral issues of our day, issues like health care and living wages and poverty and voter suppression and the attack on our democracy for too long. And we won't be silent anymore. And folks, in 39 states, have formed coordinating committees for this Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, and are currently preparing, just like folks here in Kentucky are preparing, to launch a multi-year movement, a fusion movement. Because when we look at history, including here in Harlan County, USA, when people especially people impacted by injustice and oppression, come together across all the lines that divide us, and especially across race and geography in this country, then a breakthrough is possible. Then change is possible. And so people are calling for a season of organizing, a season of nonviolent moral fusion direct action for 40 days, starting on Mother's Day, May 13th, and going until June 21st, which is the summer solstice, which is the anniversary of when Goodman, Cheney, and Schwarner were, were murdered, um, and, and organizing in 39 state houses and in Washington, D.C., engaging in nonviolent direct action, engaging in voter registration and mobilization, engaging in education and culture and movement building, and building the power from the ground up of people to be able to come together and hold our society to be accountable for the issues that matter. And, and then people are getting ready for a major mobilization in Washington, D.C. on June 23rd, where it won't be a culmination, it won't just be a march and rally, it will be about sending us, ourselves back to our communities to dig even deeper and to build even deeper roots for a movement that can seriously take on these interlocking evils. And we can really unite people and see the connections and see the power of people to confront systemic racism and poverty and ecological devastation and the war economy and shift this distorted moral narrative that blames people for our problems that claims that there is not enough when there's really unprecedented abundance and that divides and conquers us all. And instead insists that the real moral values that are in our constitution and in our faith traditions and in just the kind of moral arc of the universe of loving and caring for others, of making sure that everybody has the right to live, 
and that like that right includes housing and healthcare and living wage jobs and the right to organize and form unions are implemented for everybody in the society that nobody is out everybody is in um, and so it's been really inspiring to to travel around to meet up with leaders like yourself i mean the conversation that we were just a part of that is the conversation this nation needs to hear. Yes. And it's not, a, it's not a conversation that glosses over the problems. It's not a conversation that says everything is all right. Um, it's a conversation that takes very seriously that we are living in a time of crisis. And just like our ancestors lived in other times of crisis and got together and figured out how to right the wrongs of society, that people today, young people, old people, all people are coming together to figure out the real solution and that this is coming again from the ground up this isn't somebody on high saying i and i alone can fix your problems it's coming from the ground you're listening to mountain talk on wmmt 88.7 fm in this episode we bring you audio from the poor people's campaign that conducted a listening tour and stopped in benham kentucky on march 29th we're currently listening to the presentation given by Reverend Dr. William Barber II and Reverend Dr. Liz Theo Harris. Yes, and it's so important that this, you notice we said poor people's campaign. We are not trying to build another organization in Kentucky. We're not trying to be the leaders of that. We are trying to be inspirers of a movement. Before Carol Center repairs the breach, we're pushing this. We, we tell people, we only go where we're invited. And we tell folks, you have to do this. But if we do it together, and we're not just doing it because Donald Trump is in office, because even if Hillary had won, there'd still be 37 million people yes. without health care. Yes. If, if President Obama had another term, we love the Affordable Care Act, but we care act, but we believe we ought to have universal single-payer health care for everybody. Yes. Oh, thank you. And, and we didn't get that from Bernie. Wow. You know Bernie's a good man. We got that from Jesus. <laughs> we got that from the prophets in the Bible. That said, God is Jehovah uh, Rapha, a healer. You see what I'm saying? So, and we believe that it's not just partisan politics, but there has to be a movement that restores consciousness and morality and 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 and, and clarity. Because our moral, we have a moral malady in this country. Anytime people can run for office and stand up in your face and tell you they're going to take your health care and steal people vote for them, that's some. The, the, and, and when people can pick. You know, you know, the Southern strategy that was designed 50 years ago can still, 50 years ago can still work. When, in fact, in the South, Kentucky and places like this, do you know if you register 30% of the unregistered black voters and they connected with progressive whites and progressive Latinos, you could change almost every Southern state. But, but when, when Democrats don't even organize in the South, huh? And then Republicans use the Southern strategy to pit people against one another in the South. There has to be another movement, like Justice Harlan. There's got to be a group of dissenters. The Bible calls it a remnant. In fact, in Amos chapter 5, God says, if I can just get a remnant that will go in the street and shut down the factories, shut down the schools, and change the public square, Amos chapter 5, God says, then I will help you. But I need this remnant. I don't need people doing stuff for the poor. I need them with the poor. I don't need clergy that, that show up to pray. I need clergy that are march with the poor, right? 
and stand with the poor. And it may not be everybody, but every progressive thing that we love today, from Social Security to Medicare to Civil Rights, it was always a small group that started first. And a hundred years ago, those things were seen impossible until there were movements like the women's suffrage movement, the bonus marches of the 1930s, and, 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 and the abolitionist movement. But at some point, we have to get like Henry David Thoreau. Somebody asked Henry David Thoreau one day, said, what? one of his friends said, what you doing in jail? And Henry David Thoreau said, when I look at how bad things are, the question is, what are you doing not in jail? And then they asked, they asked Henry Thoreau, they said, they said, well, when will you stop doing nonviolence? When will you stop raising these issues? He said, when will you repent for doing He said, the only thing I'm going to repent of is for not asking sooner what demon possessed me to be so quiet. Uh, Holland kind of can't be quiet. There has to be a cry from the hollows. These mountains have to be used to create an echo. And, it, and that echo needs to hook up with folk from Detroit so they can't say, well, it's just black people or it's just white people. It needs to be all of us. And so one of the things we want people to that close to, to say to you today is, first of all, this is about love. This ain't about hate. We not or being mad. We are angry because angry means and grief. And anytime you know that this is the wealthiest country in the world, and we have 14 million poor children 153 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, and the majority of them are not even African American, and yet the greatest majority of them within the race are black and brown and Alaskan natives and natives, you should have grief about that. We don't. It, it doesn't have to be. When there are 25 so-called wealthiest nations in the world, and there's only one that doesn't offer all of its citizens universal health care, and that's the one called the United States of America. With all of this green, when we watch the Congress, you had a set of the Democrat went along with it. We call all names. Man something. What's his name? I'm going to call his name. Y'all might get mad, huh? Manchin. He voted, I think, for this latest budget. Now, now that budget, that tax reform bill, the, the tax reform bill, that bill transferred more wealth from the poor and the working poor than has been transferred since slavery. Three trillion dollars. Now I understand that some folks say, "Well, I got to do this because you know I've got to speak to a certain group of people in my state, uh, you know." So I got, but but maybe we need to raise up some new people in the state. A lot of people aren't voting because they don't trust politicians anymore. They don't trust them to do what they say. But there's a whole army of people. And at some point, we ought to find some people that will do the right thing and not just go along with stuff. Um, quickly, I want to just share a few things. I, I, sometimes as I get old, I, I ain't like you. She's young. She's about 20. But I have to make her. First of all, <laughs> this, is a, this is about love. We claim as a nation that there are four or five moral principles that everything we do should promote, should, should um, uh, ensure domestic tranquility, not domestic division. That's why homophobia, Islamophobia, and any kind of phobia is wrong in America because the first principle of our Constitution is we. And the next one is ensuring domestic tranquility. The next principle is the establishment of justice, not the establishment of injustice. So anytime policies establish injustice, that's unconstitutional. The next term is providing for the common defense. 
That doesn't mean just keeping folk from shooting bombs. It, it means making sure everybody's life, liberty, and, and the ability to go where they want to go and be free is protected. And then the Constitution uses the word, the word welfare. I don't know why we let folks stop using welfare. That's, you swear to uphold welfare. Every time you put your hand on the Constitution, you, you say, I swear to, pro to protect the general Now, in the Bible, you know, all these politicians and, and people trying to get this elected, they want to put their hand on the Bible. I swear, and I'm saying, but read it. Please. <laughs> read Isaiah chapter 10, where it says, War unto those who legislate evil and rob the poor of their rights and make women and children their prey. Read Ezekiel 22, where it says, Your politicians have become like wolves. They Rabies infested wood. They devour, and that's what the book says. Check it when you go home. They, they, they devour the widows. They hurt the immigrants. They rob the poor. And then it says, but something worse has happened. The preachers cover up for the politicians and say things that God has not said. Read what Jesus started. Jesus started his ministry with preaching good news to the poor. And the word poor there is protokos. It means those who have been made poor by economic exploitation. He ends his life talking about the poor. And he challenges not personal charity, but nations. He says, when I was hungry, I will say to the nations, not individuals, not giving somebody a $500 food ticket in Thanksgiving like they don't have to eat the rest of the year. That wasn't Jesus was talking about the transformation of systems. Right? And he listed the poor, the hungry, the sick, the stranger, and the broken. All of those four. So what we're saying is, we've got to have a recovery, or a revival, or a resurrection, or maybe just the institution of our deepest moral values, and we need a group of people that can do it, that will rise up from the bottom. Last thing, if you are concerned about death, you know, right now, um, everybody's talking about these killings, and rightfully so, in Florida. Wasn't that something ugly? You know, and, and, they, and we got this debate going on about guns and whether or not you can ban assault weapons. And some folks don't say, well, are you taking my gun? But taking a military gun from you is not taking your gun. In fact, right now in America, do you know the military only has three, five to eight million guns? In America, the citizenry has nearly 350 million, right? And 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 so the debate. But I want to push it a little bit further than that. The same people that that are protecting the assault weapon weapon more than they protect children are the same people that deny health care. Now, many of us say we're concerned about the death of our children, right? And we should be, whether it's Sandy Hook or whether it's the school in Maryland, or whether it's Parkland. But did you know that 200, uh, 150, 100, uh, over 175, up to 250,000 people die every year from low wealth? But that's not sensational, because they die alone. They lie. That, that, that people die from the lack of health care. So if we're going to be concerned about violence, we have to be concerned about all of the violence. It's not just the violence with guns, but it's the attention violence against the poor. It's the violence of public policy. 
And so we this this cannot be done merely through partisan politics. Now I'm an independent, I'm a voter, I understand politics. But I know that politics is reshaped by movements. In 1965, the politics wasn't going, the politicians weren't going to pass a voting rights act. But when the people stood up, they changed the context, they changed the the, the, the atmosphere, and people who said what they weren't going to do ended up having to do it. We believe that if we can build this movement, and Liz talked about 40 days, and we're talking about simultaneously, what would happen if simultaneously on the Monday after Mother's Day, which is going to be the first day of action, the news started reporting 150 clergy and poor people and advocates just walked into the Kentucky legislature or walked into the street in front of the Kentucky legislature declaring that they believe that we should end child poverty and women in poverty and the disabled and that these policies need and they aren't moving. And then the next thing becomes, oh, wait a minute. We just heard that the same thing's happening in Alabama. Wait a minute. Breaking news, another group has gone in in Detroit. And they, they look, they're all diverse. And the preachers got on collars and robes, and, 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 and the Jewish rabbis are covered in their way. And they're all together. And they're singing, everybody got a right to live. And before this campaign fails, we'll all go down in jail. And you got veterans with them. Because there are 23,000 veterans that are on food stamps, yes. veterans. Yes. And veterans are being denied health care because they're Affordable Care Act. And, and uh oh, 400, they got a 250 sitting in McConnell's office. Yes. And they ain't yes. going nowhere yes. in D.C. And now they got 250 sitting in Ryan's office. And what if that happened in 30 states all yeah. at the same time, same day? Oh, yes. Tell me oh, yes. that that will not break through the narrative. Oh, and then yes. what if it happened again the next week? And 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 then what if at the end of it all, there was this big rally and all of the people who had put their bodies on the line came to D.C. and did a silent march right down the street or something of that nature or rally. And we said, this is not the end, y'all. We're not having one of these marches where at the end of the march it's over. Now, all those folk that were arrested, all those folk that, that did direct action are going back and they're going to do mass voter mobilization. And, and then they're going to build power with the poor people. I mean, why? There ain't no telling. I can tell you what the historians tell us. It's never happened in American history. And what we need is for be able to say, burden and others. Kentucky, and somebody might say, but our legislature is close. Somebody's in there. But it's the symbolism of doing it there. And if the streets aren't closed, right, and if it happens around the country, we want to tell you, we got a little announcement for you. Shh, don't you tell nobody. But nine church denominations already agreed to join in 
And that was that's a big thing because a lot of a lot of times these church denominations they don't do nothing. I mean, they, you know, they're just bureaucracy. But but the, but the presidents and the bishops are saying it's time. And not just to pray for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we need their prayers, right. and we need them to pray with their feet and, and be there in the direct they're action. The and they said that they're they're going to be there. Yeah, see, you can't get no resident. I can, t- I can tell you right now, you, I can tell you the UCCs and the Unitarians Woo-hoo! and the Disciples of Christ and the Episcopals and the Presbyterians and the Methodists and, 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 and some Baptists and more are coming. See, because remember now, a remnant has to start. See, see, because, you know, even if you get a million people to do something all at one time, you still have to go back and do that local organizing. What we're trying to build is long term, you know, and so our goal is we there's never in the history of America ever has 30,000 people done direct action civil disobedience together. Never has it happened where they connected the issue. Normally we do one issue at a time and the adversaries pick us off. Right? They split us up. But never has a white woman said, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to tell y'all about racism and I'm willing to stand against racism and I'm a white woman. And a black man said, but you've been touching these white women, these poor white women, and it's time to leave them alone. See, that's a different kind of organization. That's what you call fusion. That's how you get the sun. See, the only way the sun works is one atom can't produce a sun. You don't get the sun because of one atom. You have to have the fusion of more than one atom. And when those atoms come together, that's what creates more light. They want white people over here for talking about economics and black people over here talking about racism. And then they play, say to the white people, if it wasn't for the black people getting their civil rights and all this, you would have, and they want the gay people over there and they want the church folk over there doing something, and they want the healthcare people over there, and they want the environmentalists over there, but what we say is if they are cynical enough to be together, and God knows they'll stick together, even if they don't agree with each other all the time. For tax cuts, they'll stick together. For more guns, they'll stick together. Well, if they are cynical enough to stick together, we ought to be smart enough to come together and rally ourselves. That's what we're saying.
on that first Mother's Day, that Monday Mother's Day, something gonna be happening in and around that day capital at Franklin. And some of you got so much clout because of the gray on your head. Well, that if you go with some of the young people and some of the poor folk, just your presence gonna make people say, now, now wait a minute, I know him. Now he don't normally do nothing like this, so it's got to be something wrong. See, something wrong here. She, that lady right there, she taught me. I know her. And when that starts happening, it's going to cause the sound to go forth. And once the narrative shifts, then the agenda can be ready to shift. So, the first, now the last thing, in order to be a part of this remnant, you got to be able to sing. You got to be willing to sing. Oh, willing. So, so the two people over there, y'all come up here. These are two rabbit rabbi. Huh? You two standing up. Come here, both of them. They need to lead soloists. Come on. Come. Pam and Pam Lisa. Come on, Pam and Lisa. And Bert. Bert is the baseline. And my brother-in-law, he's trying to reach it. Come on, he just come on, come on up here. And Michael, come on up here, Michael. And uh, young people, we need two young people. Okay. You get to determine if you're we young. Need, we need somebody that's white. <laughs> we need somebody that's a woman. We need somebody that's black. We need a man. We need somebody that's gay or uh, gay or, or in the room. Come on, don't be ashamed. We, we, we welcome all people. We love all people. We're tired of this folk pitting up. The Bible told us to love everybody. You want an atheist? We, we need, come on, come on. We need somebody that, come on. We got an amen and atheist right here. Come on, come and, and And what I tell some folk, I had a lady come one time, she came to the march. And she was amen. And I said, I thought you could. She said, well, I don't. She said, but I tell you what. And she said, I got the amen in that right there because I believe in that justice stuff. Look, however, I told Bill Maher, I'm on Bill Maher's show. And somebody, he asked, he was talking about believing in God and Bill, you know. And, and I said, Bill, let me tell you something. Those people that make me want, try to make me think that the God, the divine source, however you say is anti-people, anti-justice. I said, I'm an atheist too to that God. I don't believe in that either. <laughs> right? So look at the young folks. They're right here. Now we're going to probably mess this up. Our theomusicologists are going to be real mad with us, but we're going to try to do it. I'm going to try to find the tune. If I don't find it, y'all say, help him, Jesus. Just say, come on, stand up, everybody. And the, the song is, everybody's got a right to live. Yep, this was twice. from the 1968 Four People's Campaign. Yeah, I'm going to do it one time, try to. Everybody's got a right to live. Everybody's got a right to live. And before this campaign fails, we'll we all go down in jail. jail. Everybody's got a right to live. All right, I'm going to try to start it off. She knows it. I heard you back there. Woo, I'm going to Lord, help Pray for the child. All right. Everybody's got a right to live.
That's it for this episode of Mountain Talk, featuring audio from the March 29th Poor People's Campaign visit to Benham, Kentucky. Music on this episode features the Mount Sinai Spirituals from Lynch, Kentucky, recorded at the event. If you'd like to listen to this or previous episodes again, you can find them on our website at www.wmmt.org or download Mountain Talk wherever you get your podcasts. I've been your host, Rachel Geringer, and from all of us at WMMT, thanks for listening to Real People Radio. I'm gonna